and welcome to Film Inquiries, the latest. This is a podcast series tackling the latest movie news, movie trends, and movie releases. I'm your host, Jesse Nussman. And this week, on the other line, cramped in a in a dark main cabin, <laughs> attempting to write her 300th horror novel, it's Film Inquiry Editor-in-Chief Christy Strauss. Christy, welcome. And how did my Stephen King joke do? I guess the <laughs> listeners will be the judge of that, whether or not they're, they're laughing or not, or, or got the reference. Right. No, I liked it. I, uh... Okay. okay. <laughs> and Tim... it's my 310th. So yes. Okay. I want to be careful. How many books has Stephen King written at this point? Oh, geez. That's a good question. He just keeps like just pushing them out so often. Um, I'm actually not sure. I own a lot of them, of course, but uh, I don't know. It's a good question. Might have to I, Google that. And I kind of have to admire just sort of like, it seems like even if he has like a bad idea, he'll just be like, F- it. I got to finish it. We got to see it through. Even if the <laughs> idea is like silly. Um, but yeah, I invited you on this week because you are a, a massive Stephen King fan Mm-hmm. And I figured this would be a, a fun opportunity for us to talk about Stephen King adaptations. The newest release from this past weekend was a remake of Firestarter, his uh, 1980 novel um, that was turned into a, a movie in the 80s with very, very young Drew Barrymore mm-hmm. as a child with telekinetic abilities that let her lets her set things on fire using her mind. Um, <laughs> I don't know too much. I don't know that we're gonna have too much to talk about this movie, but but let's because let's... I think she, I think this is this movie is like a dumpster fire. So <laughs> it is a dumpster fire. Wow, it really is throwing the know, air horns. I, I feel bad even saying that, but it's just like, oh, it's not good. Um, and it's something that's like always heartbreaking to me when a Stephen King adaptation isn't done well. And I feel yeah. like they just are missing something. And, and a lot of it, it's like, you know, his books really focus on the characters. And mm-hmm. I just feel like some of these movies, you, you don't really get invested in any way. I mean, oh, and the dialogue and some of it was <laughs> liar, liar, pants on fire. Uh, so had you read, it was this one of the King novels that you had read? Because I was actually not familiar with this story. And actually, before I watched the new one, went back and watched the the 80s uh movie adaptation of this book Mm -hmm. which i kind of didn't enjoy either um and and i i think is 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 mostly um i think famous for having a like very young drew barrymore performance and you know this concept of the the child that has these sort of telekinetic powers and her and her father are on the run and there's like government agents coming back from them i mean that's that's basically now we've kind of seen that um that this book is kind of the basis for the 11 character in stranger things Mm -hmm. um and so that almost feels like the kind of most recent adaptation of this but also like this kind of whether king is like the first person to do a story like this i mean i i doubt it science fiction's been going on for for longer than he's been writing books but like that it is a a tried and true kind of uh story arc and story with story archetypes that i I feel like we've seen a zillion different um versions of over the years but 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Where you has another book with a young <laughs> woman <Yes>. who has <laughs> telekinesis, which is far superior. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So I, I did a long time ago. Um, I actually didn't rewatch the Drew Barrymore one, but I that is that is a better movie somehow, which it still isn't very good. Miraculously, um, <laughs> is is like I I was just like, wow, this is a real stinker. This is in like the the lower tier of Stephen King mo- movies I've seen, and um, yeah, like you said, this new one somehow is is even worse and even more of just kind of a nothing burger. Yeah, like, honestly, like, I didn't feel any connection to the three lead characters um, at all. I I felt like it was very kind of dull. And it's a movie that's obviously has, is like shooting for that entertainment factor, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it just... I don't know. It just, I think I rolled my eyes a lot when I watched this movie. And like I said, it's always, you know, it's always tough when you love, you know, a novel and then you see it on the big screen. But I've always learned to separate the two or I just think I'll never be satisfied. I mean, perfect example is like The Shining. I love the book. Mm-hmm. I love the movie, but I know that they're very different. I even love the miniseries TV movie, um, which is more faithful to the, the book. So it's like I can have multiple kind of opinions on one you know, piece of material, because it's also very hard to successfully adapt something. You know, a lot of times you really have to crunch it down and lose a lot of what makes it so rich. But at the same time, some of his some of his adaptations are terrific films and whether mm-hmm. or not they stick to the source material, like obviously The Shining doesn't um, or, or not, you know, like Carrie terrific movie um and like of course like the shawshank redemption which is even based on a you know novella um is one of the most like beloved movies of all time yeah definitely there's definitely plenty of opportunities and obviously there's many many more adaptations i actually wrote um a piece on this for filming Cree, and i think it was like two years ago now just looking at stephen king adaptations which is funny because i think there's been like 15 since i did that or something like it it, it is an an ever it, i i think of it as is like like an oil derrick or something like that it is just like <laughs> constantly spewing that that black oil out of the yes. the earth of and and all of the the studios and in, in hollywood are just like man the the king <laughs> the king oil fields is just that it's so plentiful it's been yeah, like it's it's time what, to since the 70s and, yes <laughs> So yeah, yeah I, I I think the last thing I'll say about the the new adaptation of of Firestarter is mm-hmm. um I think just the term I saw being thrown around this weekend from p- other people who watched it was was TV movie um which is maybe a bit of of an unfair derogatory term to throw at this because there have been like very beloved uh TV movie and or miniseries adaptations of King material but I mm-hmm. I kind of understood a lot of that complaint as to meaning this movie feels it's very very short it feels like very hyper condensed and oddly Mm. shaped into where like the first half of this movie feels like what should be the first 15 20 minutes and then the last half feels very feels like the other three-fourths of a movie that's just very very compressed time-wise super rushed um and even like the the special effects in this do not feel very special um that it, it it they the sort of pyrotechnics here all <laughs> sort of seem very kind of like mid 2000s abc tv movie i mean i mean i i think the tv movie comparison 
is is a little outdated from yeah. what at this point but i i fully got what people meant of just this sort of feels so oddly shapen the performances um i guess the most notable person kind of in it is zach efron plays the the father of the young girl who he has his own telekinetic abilities um but everyone in this movie seems a little bored as well i i mean the only real thing i think of note to it is the the score which is funnily enough like john carpenter did the score for this so it has like a really great retro john carpenter score but the the whole movie is just kind of like 90 minutes of of nothingness and and dullness and yeah. doesn't even look good half the time so i don't know i'm but the I'm score totally is good <laughs> the score is great um and and i believe john carpenter almost did the 80s version as well as something i read this weekend so i i almost wonder whether or not this was a score he had in his his back pocket but I right mean, he went on to do his own king adaptation what do you think of of christine which is a movie i <laughs> i went through all of carpenter's movies last fall yeah and so like watched that one for the first time but is is that one that you're kind of a fan of as we now go into the larger king adaptation multiverse <laughs> yeah actually i mean it's not like one of my favorites but i do enjoy i had it on vhs um, mm -hmm. I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of mixed on it I, I think i think especially like as someone who's a big carpenter person i think it's even kind of like mid carpenter to it's me, so yeah it is it is for sure it's you know it's a very bizarre film obviously um but you know it, it has its appeal its charm i suppose even though it's definitely not up there but i've seen much worse yes <laughs> so um i do want to touch quickly though on the tv movie thing because what's funny is i grew up watching they used to have there's a lot of his adaptations were like on you know channel two or five or whatever cbs and they were like multi-night events stephen mm -hmm. king and i like i feel like i have such nostalgia for like the original it and the stand um and like silver bullet and like a bunch of movies that were you know that one wasn't i don't think it was but um it's just interesting to make that comparison because this movie should like honestly doesn't feel like that kind of tv movie to me especially like a dated one because that was very like 90s and stuff but mm -hmm. just doesn't it just doesn't work and it's so i don't i don't know i get the comparison but at the same time i don't but i like i said i'm very nostalgic for some of those probably being nicer to them than most people would be but um yeah christine's an interesting one and there are so many films that i mean books that have been made into films as well as shows mm -hmm. and a lot of them were really good and what i've always found is i actually think a lot of his novels would be best as a miniseries because i feel like that it loses a lot and then when we get like the stand which is one of my favorites of his this remake that was on that was a miniseries was so disappointing That's they actually right. somehow left out more than the the movie did and it had more time and it's like who what? was in that i forgot that even happened that because i i of course like remember i know of there's the like as as you mentioned the famous 90s miniseries that's adapted from that book but i, I forgot that they like attempted that again very very recently in like the last yeah. couple of years and the thing is the casting was actually really good like alexander skarsgård was the uh was randall flag the bad guy mm. um and he was actually he was actually really good um odessa young was like perfectly cast owen teague was really good in it james marsden um and they had this and no uh what was the other one um greg kinnear but yeah oh. it was it was a pretty stacked cast but and i was really excited about it because like i said it's like 
you know, it's like a beast of a novel too. And so it really deserves a longer form. But somehow I felt like I knew the characters less from watching, I, I think it was like 10 episodes, I might be wrong about that, than I did the movie from the 90s. And that's like, what? <laughs> like, why can't you get it right? And it's like similar to like it, you know, like, I feel like that should be a miniseries. I should, mm-hmm. I think it should have been from the beginning because there's just so much to tell. And I think maybe that sometimes is the issue. I, I mean, I don't know like why not everybody can do it, <laughs> but like 112263 is one that's another novel that's my favorite. And they, I thought that was a great um, miniseries adaptation. Mm-hmm. So it can work. <laughs> um, that's, sorry. So tangent. I think if we're, I think if we're thinking about kind of like the totemic king adaptations like mm. like at least in movie form we kind of covered a lot of the the mini series of like I, another one that i think we didn't mention is like going there's the the salem lot mini series that aired in the 70s that toby hooper who made poltergeist yep. and texas chainsaw did that mini series and i believe they're and actually they remade like, it right there's and a they're, movie and they're coming one. out this yep, year they're right? making another one yes it'll be the third salem's lot um, but as far as like the, the movie adaptations, I feel like you have Brian De Palma's adaptation of Carrie, mm. Kubrick's adaptation of The Shining, Stand By Me, and Shawshank Redemption. I feel like those are kind of like the Mount Rushmore, sort of like those are the four that have like firmly cemented their place in like the canon of like all time great movies, even though weirdly like those last two are one of the few are based off like some of the few King material that is not horror based. Um, yeah. And but, you could also say a uh, green mile too. Um, that's I think pretty well received and that's not I must like a, be in the minor. I don't, I don't, like <laughs> I think the green mile is like really boring, but that might, that must be my, I must be in the minority. I don't there. know. I, c- I can watch like, you know, Mr. Jingles, like uh play on the <laughs> retrieve the little thing for like two hours. So, um, but yeah, no, but I mean, I think it's, you know, one of those ones and you also could say misery is a really like, that's, successful that's true. One. Yeah. That's probably, I think of in kind of like the next kind of step down, um, <laughs> of, of, of not, cause I think like misery is great. Um, but kind of what, what are beyond, I think what I was building up to is kind of beyond those kind of core four, because maybe this wouldn't be as interesting of a podcast to like, what more can we say about how great the shining or Shawshank redemption is or like, you know, I'm sure you and I could go on for hours and hours about how like great the, the Brian De Palma Carey movie is. Mm -hmm. Um, and because that's a book that has been, I feel like more than any of his other books, sort of people keep continuously going back and trying to readapt that. And it's just like, guys, De Palma did it. Like, it's not going to get any better than that. I don't know why it's we're really attempting not. this again. Um, but what are what are some of your other kind of like personal favorite King adaptations, whether they be miniseries, whether they yeah. be movies? So I, I do enjoy The Dead Zone, the Cronenberg. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's another I, that, that was gonna be one of my picks <laughs> um one that i feel like is underseen is dolores claiborne um mm. i really enjoy that one and kathy bates is you know terrific in it um as she is in misery as well um i love the mist even though it's got one of the most heartbreaking endings ever yeah i feel and like that don't, one's don't underrated that for, it yeah. is yeah. Uh, i won't i won't spoil <laughs> the ending but i i feel like the mist is like 
one of the more underrated horror movies of the last 20 years probably like yeah really upsetting and scary i think i was probably a little too young to like watch it when i was too young to watch everything are you kidding me (laughs) like i watched it the it uh miniseries when i was like five or six Mm -hmm. so i don't know how i don't have like a huge fear of clowns but um yeah, The Mist is is great. Like it's like one of my favorites of his. It's such a long list. Uh, Cujo is also great. Um, you know, it's interesting. There's one thing that was created that he wrote the teleplay for, but it wasn't based on one of his books. Um, called Storm of the Century, mm. and I love that movie. <laughs> like I I tend to watch it, you know, during like a really bad winter storm, and it's it's a TV movie, so it's got that kind of little bit of layer. Of, I don't know corniness but it's also a really good story and i feel like it's like drastically underseen so i'm going to give a shout out to storm of the century um another one that i feel like gets a bad rep is hearts in atlantis uh with anthony hopkins and oh um, i've never seen that one the late you know anton yelshin yeah um it's it's a i don't know it doesn't quite like i think i don't know what it has on Rotten tomatoes but i, I think it's in the negative or the bottom um but i i do like that movie i have a soft spot for it so yeah, I'm going to stop there. <laughs> wait, 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 last thing. Creep show. Um not yeah, the original um the original Creep show. Mm-hmm. Um he had written um, he's actually in one of the uh <laughs> one of the sections. I don't know if you're familiar with that at all. I'm I'm um, not. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm sort of vaguely familiar of like what what it is, but I've not seen any of it. Yeah, it's it's you know directed by George Romero, but like he's he's actually plays one of the characters. It's like there's like four little kind of movies mm-hmm. um, and it's like a horror comedy and it's definitely worth checking out. It's hilarious. Like the first one has Ed Harris. Um, one of the other one has like Leslie Nielsen. It's like this just maniac. Um, and then like his one is he, he's just like kind of dumb farmer and he, this like crater or something comes out of the sky and he touches it and he like starts growing green all over him. Um and I don't know. It's just it's funny. It doesn't sound funny, maybe me saying it, but it's good. Good stuff. <laughs> I'll I'll trust you. I'll I'll check okay. it out. Um, yeah. I I kind of made sort of a list of like some other more recent ones just to kind mm-hmm. of like pick your brain about. But before we get to those, I'm I'm just kind of curious of like as someone who is a big Stephen King fan, like what was it that sort of drew you to his work, and why do you think you know he's been writing books since the 70s yeah pretty quickly after like the first adaptation of carrie that brian de palma does like that's only a few years after the the book comes out so it's not like there was this sort of like long period of time and then people were like oh yeah we should get those stephen king books off the (laughs) library shelf let's let's start adapting those of just like so i mean mean, he's been sort of a core part of not just literature but of movies and tvs since the 70s really and based off kind of like what what you sort of hinted at earlier and us talking about like there's obviously this movie there's a new adaptation of Salem's Lot coming like the 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 king tap is not running dry and, no, and people no, no. are going to keep adapting his work even if there's already like iconic versions of it we're going to yeah. keep kind of returning to I think to they're it remaking the dark again. half again as well oh, I thought I heard that but I'm not 100% but yeah I also love Dreamcatcher too which is random but um i 
so I originally, I didn't, I'm not from Maine or originally, but uh, I grew up here and there's just something to be said when you live in a place that's very close to where Stephen King's house is. Uh, they have shot many of the movies here, like the Langoliers was shot in the airport uh, down, not like, like five minutes from my house. They shot the Graveyard Shift um, movie, which is ridiculous <laughs> if you haven't seen it. Um, and, you know, there's just like a, I don't know, a sense of like, this is Stephen King land, you know? Um, so even from a young age, even before I lived in Maine, I had seen the adaptation of It. Um, and that was actually my first introduction to anything King. So it was actually on the screen. And, um, you know, obviously since read that book, which is, you know, terrific novel. Um, and so then, you know, as a, as a younger uh, reader, I love to read, even though I uh, a lot of goosebumps before Stephen King, right. um, which is a bit different. Um, I was also really interested in, you know, more adult horror. And so it just was an easy um, transition for me. And I've just been watching King since since I was a kid. Um, and I, I've seen every adaptation except I think one that I can't even remember the name of. That's like how it was, how um, random it is. Like, I, I honestly can't. But I looked into it once and I think I have seen every everything i own probably at least half of them so are there any (laughs) are there any of his work are there any books or like short stories in his work that either haven't been adapted that you would like to see adapted into either a tv series or a feature film or are there any that have been adapted before but you think maybe like the adaptation didn't quite do it justice and you're like "This, this is actually like someone should go back and take a second crack at this because it actually would make like a really great series or a really great movie yeah um you know right offhand i'm trying to think of like something that hasn't been done and i'm having trouble with that um but as far as there's a lot that has been made that was not very good to be honest and there's a lot of books that have meant very a lot to me and i feel like they still have not gotten like the stand um their Mm -hmm. real true representation that they should get on screen um but Under the Dome was a heartbreaker for me because that's a book that's really ripe with like so many opportunities to be adapted in a really cool way. And the show, um, actually, I thought it wasn't bad. It was on like CBS, I think, one of those you know main stations. And eventually it got canceled, but it just it just went downhill. And I feel like that could be done in a way that's really good. Um, trying to think. I mean, there's there's a few like older ones that are kind of ridiculous, even if they're charm, like the Langoliers. I don't know if you've seen that. Um, uh, I'm, I've seen clips of the, <laughs> of the Langoliers. Um, you know, they're at, Oh yes, they are remaking um, Tommy knockers, I believe. Oh. And Tommy knockers is also one that's like, I accept some of its faults, but I like it. And again, a lot of this is through nostalgia glasses, but I really think that if they remake it, I'm trying to think of who was doing it. Tommy knockers, it could be really, really good as well. Cause that's a very interesting story. And there's so many like good shorts, like there's so many good ones. Um, one really disappointing one was the uh, cell um, with um, Samuel Jackson and John, uh, I think Samuel Jackson's in it. I know John Cusack is. Um, oh, is that the 1408? Is that no, that's a different one. <laughs> no, there are two of them. See, I that's the one I I've I I've seen bits and pieces of that one. Um, well, fourteen oh eight is actually pretty good. Okay, um, okay. I, I mean, I think it's you know it's a good adaptation. Um, I think you know he's he's good in it. But yeah, no, it's a twenty sixteen. It's called Cell. 
basically cell phones um, make you like do this like emit this noise and makes you just like go crazy and like kill people and and stuff um <laughs> it's just making me think of the the bit in forgetting sarah marshall where um they're they're talking about uh a, a movie <laughs> about like a killer cell phone and russell brand <laughs> is just like that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard what what is it? why couldn't you just turn off your mobile phone if it's going to kill you <laughs> <laughs> i know um but yeah that one's that one's a very big disappointment too so there's there's many of those but um i feel like the dark tower is another one that like someone will try to do that again (laughs) i never saw that movie and i haven't read any of those books that's a heartbreaker but for like as beloved as that series is amongst king fans like i i would not be surprised if someone in a few years was like we're we're gonna do a kind of game of thrones style show around like and do this whole book series and Um, they could it's huge it's a huge world i mean it's one of his biggest and you know there's tie-ins to so many other aspects like other novels and stuff like some characters i don't want to say it because i'll just sound like super nerd if i start going into the connections (laughs) between king novels but yeah the dark tower is really really like just full of so many things you could do with it and what they ended up doing was a movie that kind of like combine things and it was just didn't make sense like it should be a series because there's just so much to it and i i even liked the casting it was just the movie itself was just not not good so that was also heartbreaking but you know i think you have to come to terms with a lot of things are going to be disappointing especially with this large of a source you know there's just so many books to to cover so yeah i mean some other more recent ones that i kind of just wanted to get your pick your brain about um Doctor Sleep? Mm-hmm. Yay? Nay? Yay. Yeah. Okay. Is is it true that cuz I I saw it in theaters when it came out cuz I love The Shining. It's my favorite horror movie. Um mm. I think was a bit lukewarm um by the movie but have since been told that I need to watch the the 3 hour director's cut and that that is apparently amazing and will like completely change my opinion on the movie. So I have seen that, um, and I do think it is superior. Okay. Um, and it's interesting when I first, because I've seen both versions, but when I first saw Doctor Sleep, I thought I was a little underwhelmed by it. I really did love the casting, like, mm-hmm. and Rebecca Ferguson is just, just that, awesome. That's like, that's an incredible like. If if there's any justice in the, I forget <laughs> what year that movie came out. So maybe like. Maybe I would go back and look at the supporting actress slate and be like, oh, well, yeah, tough year. But that that is of like if there's any justice in the Oscars or like we, we want to branch out to other kinds of genres and stuff right. like that should be a Warner Brothers should have campaigned that as like a supporting actress. Yeah, turn she's from so what I good. Remember. And I definitely need to dress up as her for Halloween sometime. Um, cause, like, Who doesn't hat. love a fun hat? I know, I know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I enjoyed Dr. Sleep. And when I watched it again, I think I appreciated it more. And I feel like that's also part of the reason like The Shining is one of my favorite movies of all time. And so even like, I don't know, is this, how is this going to work? And like, I feel mm-hmm. like I went in with a little bit of like, um, like being sick. I don't know, suspect of it's being good or something like not right. trusting it, you know, this is going to disappoint me somehow, but I thought it was good. Yeah. And I love you and McGregor. So 
Yeah, I mean, I remember him being, and that I I feel like that came out in a year where there was also one of the It movies was that year, mm-hmm. and there was a couple Stephen King miniseries. Like there was that one series, Castle Rock, that yep. I don't know was necessarily like based off of one of his books, but like hat was sort of like almost what it sounds like the Dark Tower series is in in literature form like here's a sort of shared universe of all of these kind of kingisms right and- that's exactly what it is it's not based on a single book castle rock is a you know fictional town that exists in more than one and he ties in these different characters or they tied in these different characters from different books and kind of brought them to this town um there was nods to you know quite a few even if in small ways like you know the name of a guy working at an auto shop was connected to someone in a book or something like that and they mentioned dolores claiborne i believe in that one but anyway i watched them all castle rock i was actually disappointed it didn't get its end but how do you feel about children of the corn (laughs) that's maybe the last one that just popped into my head is as another one i've heard from king fans of like that's one that if they they could figure out a really good way to do it it's just the the movie is kind of like cheap and poorly made and not. Well, which one are we saying? <laughs> well, I guess so I many. should say I've only seen the first one and did not particularly care for it. And for sort of a similar reason is like this new Firestarter movie. I was just like, this is kind of like you you guys are like running on fumes a little bit is how I felt when I saw it in high school. Probably not one of the King adaptations that that really kind of stuck with me, even though children are in general very creepy. Oh, yeah. Creepy children, for sure. Well, every time I drive by a cornfield, I'm like half expecting, uh, what is it? Malachi, I think is one of the names. <laughs> I don't know how I remember these things. But yeah, um, the first movie, I do like the first movie. Um, but I also know that it's not very good. <laughs> um, the other ones, I, I wish they weren't made. Mm-hmm. But um, I do think this is something that could be remade and it could be a good movie. And I think it's just about how someone kind of goes at it. It, it. it isn't a lot of story, but if it's done well, and um, I, I do think that should be something that someone tries to do at some point. But I don't know. Maybe we've had enough children in the cor- of the corn. Well, uh, let's maybe move on. I want to give you an opportunity to talk about um, other consider- creepy children. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, you you messaged me this morning and mentioned that you had uh watched a a superior horror movie to the one that i i asked you to come on to talk about and i was just sort of thinking like fine this opportunity to uh talk about a a good movie as opposed to us trying to find new ways to talk about how bad the the fire starter remake that i'm pretty sure hardly anyone watched this past weekend from from what i gather but um i'll toss the ball that to you i believe it's uh you said you saw the innocence Yes, The Innocence, yes. Um, disturbing movie, but definitely one of the, the best uh, horrors that I've seen in a while. Um, it's Norwegian. It's from um, Eskel Hooked. I'm trying to remember how do you pronounce his last name, and I hopefully didn't just butcher it. But um, yeah, it's basically like during the summer, um, there's like this little community like of apartments, and these this group of kids um, develop superpowers, um, mysterious powers, and some of these kids are not very nice and (laughs) they do some bad things. And it's uh, really, and it's funny. The reason I, I brought it up and thought it would be a good one to talk about is because Stephen King actually came out. um, I think it's like even in the trailer or I don't know. They used it in publicity somehow because he said something about how it was like, you know, one of the best movies he's seen, but it's just, um, 
it really taps into the feeling of dread. Okay. Like it, it doesn't leave you. And I just thought it was incredibly well-performed The all the actor, um, young stars are really good to the point where it's like, you're, it's, they, it seems real and it's creepy. So I would definitely, it's, um, you know, obviously more independent, but it is available, just came out in theaters, limited release, but also video on demand Friday. So I would seek out any horror fan should seek out the innocence. I will give you a heads up just because I am someone that cannot watch animals get hurt. There is a a, scene that's quite hard to take. We'll just say that. So just be on the lookout for that. If you're someone that isn't, you know, able to see that. Um, Because I even looked away and hearing it made me like have to take a second. So, yeah. It's, it's creepy. Been, <laughs> it's been kind of an interesting year horror wise. I I think. Do you do you think that this has been kind of like a good horror movie year thus far? Or bad because I I feel like last year I remember being a pretty disappointing mm. horror movie year of like there there were not most of the horror movies that I was looking forward to kind of ended up being big disappointments yep. or <laughs> just sort of like had moments in them that kind of worked but th- didn't totally get there um but i i i've enjoyed a couple things this year i mean the thing i've enjoyed the most that we talked about on kind of like a previous episode when when it came out was was x the the ty west movie mm-hmm. um and obviously you know we're gonna i got excited by the you mentioning the dead zone which i'm sure we'll talk about more because we're gonna do a whole cronenberg episode which that that man is talking up a tall order about what, apparently what's gonna happen. I cannot when wait people for that see movie. this movie. He's like <laughs> expecting people to like walk out at Cannes yeah. in the like first five or minutes. Pass out, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> and then yeah, he's this... like, if you can make it past that point, just wait, just buckle up until you get to the end. Um, but yeah, and then I, you know, Hunter Heilman and I talked about the pretty like appalling texas chainsaw movie that came out this year there was (laughs) the the scream movie which i i feel like most people enjoyed the new scream movie i was a little bit more mixed on it but i I don't know definitely not on the plus side with the scream movie okay okay so i'm not crazy for kind of walking out a bit kind of mixed on that but honestly Um, my favorites a lot of them have been more indie like a lot that i've seen at festivals mm -hmm. i mean i have seen quite a few really good horror films at festivals this year um, and I'm excited for other people to see them because uh, I know a lot of them have gotten picked up by, you know, different places. So I think like it's definitely a very strong year for horror thriller. Um, there's also another thriller that I saw a few weeks ago that's fairly new called Midnight. Mm-hmm. It's um, I would definitely definitely look that one up too. So it's definitely a good year for it. Let's hope that the next like Cronenberg and and whatever else is down the pipeline. Doesn't yeah, disappoint. I mean. We got a new Jordan Peele movie this summer. Oh yeah, um, which we have no idea what it's about really at all. I've I've heard rumblings, <laughs> but I I don't necessarily I don't know. I I haven't heard anything plot wise, but I've <laughs> I've heard some some comments about like just what kind of movie it is and what it is sort of similar to story wise. But I I won't I won't spoil those. If you really want to know, I can tell you off the podcast but okay <laughs> I, don't, I don't want universal coming after me um and yeah and then there's the the movie the black phone i think is also coming out oh this. And yes I've, yes yes i've heard that is that. very very good actually um because I, I believe it played at fantastic fest yes last fall yep. and got like a very rapturous response from that crowd so it sounds like that one will be a big a big winner so yeah, and i love I, ethan hawk um i, and I, I actually do really enjoyed their previous collaboration um 
which is a movie that I also feel like gets kind of under underseen um, or underappreciated. And for some reason, I sinister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah. So that will ho- be cool. Hopefully the, the, the fire starter kind of fizzling out <laughs> this weekend. Well, ho- hopefully we got a, a better summer of, of genre movies to kind of jump Absolutely. into um, considering this one was kind of a disappointment, but um, the other movie that kind of got released this weekend that I wanted to discuss uh, was a holdover from Sundance a couple of years ago. I had to look up. It was actually like Sundance 2021. It was the like first pandemic Sundance. Um, yeah. But Gerard Carmichael's uh, debut film uh, on the count of three. Um, I'm curious what 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 your thoughts are on it, because th- this is a movie I kind of had to sort of wrestle with what what yeah. to say on on this podcast about after i fired it up this weekend yeah i watched it this morning it was not the best thing that we could do. <laughs> <laughs> not not in as like a complaint against the movie it's just um it can be a hard watch you know it's it's got a lot in, in it it's obviously very funny at times but it's also tremendously sad and uh i feel like it it's kind of still sitting with me i i like, I'm not sure how I feel about it. Like, I appreciate, um, and I'm sure we can give the, you know, brief synopsis of this without spoiling anything, but basically these these two friends make the decision to um, kind of both kill themselves. And so then they have this last day together doing different things before they plan that. Um, and so obviously, like, that's a pretty harsh <laughs> um concept in, in itself. It's, it's very depressing. But there's also, I mean, they're really great. Christopher. Christopher Abbott and um, Jared Carmichael, who's actually in it as well, um, do a terrific job. And it's really impressive because um, that's his directorial debut. It's uh, it's it's definitely like very well done, but it's also kind of a movie that's just unsettled me a lot. So it, it is hard to talk about a little bit. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's a movie about something that's kind of a messy topic, right? Right, like, exactly. It's, it, and... I can't, I sort of, I, I think I've come down on it very mixed about the movie and I don't think the movie really works for me, but yeah. also do not totally fault the movie for that, mm-hmm. for that reason. I, I think it is, it is attempting to do a very messy kind of movie about a very messy, bold. right. It, it is attempting to make a movie about a very messy kind of subject in terms of the psychology of the characters in mm-hmm. terms of emotionally what you have to grapple with in this movie. And I don't know that the movie is able to sort of successfully navigate those yeah. very complicated feelings now. And totally it's weird, you know, at times, right? like also there's times like there's a joke, like, and I laugh and then it's like, I feel uncomfortable that I laughed or something like there's a scene early on uh, with Jared Carmichael and a guy comes in singing kind of breaking up his suicide attempt Mm -hmm. and it shouldn't be funny but it's like he's he basically ruins his suicide attempt because he's singing this country song and you know just moments like that are I don't know I don't know how to feel about it and I do think it gets a little bit especially murky in the third act too Mm -hmm. um kind of too all over the place it is trying to weave this very precise tone between this sort of like bleakness mm-hmm. as well as finding this 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 kind of dark humor 
Um, yeah. And be, being able to sort of laugh at the absurdity of some of the situations that these characters <laughs> like, uh, find them in. Right. Like the but, song. <laughs> right, right. Like that. And, and even some of the more kind of crime heavy stuff mm-hmm. that kind of happens later in the movie. But right. I I don't know. And I I love Gerard Carmichael. Um, I actually just watched recently his his most recent stand up oh, yeah, special. Stand up special was very good. Um, yeah, which I thought was 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 great. Um, mm-hmm. and that you know, for anyone who doesn't know, that's he came out as gay and mm-hmm. on this stand up special. Um, and and I've loved his stuff. I mean, I was a big fan of the the TV show he had. Um, mm-hmm. the the Carmichael show. That I believe I'm trying to remember what network that was on. I I can't it remember. Might have been I, ABC or NBC. I I can't remember. But and then he just was on SNL not too long ago as well. That right, right. To sort of help promote both the stand up special as well as I assume this mm-hmm. this movie kind of coming out very quickly beyond that. And I don't know. I just think he's he's got such a unique his his ability to sort of weave and construct mm. jokes in his sort of stand-up material or the way on the Carmichael show the sort of brilliance of that show was it able to be this very um like traditional family sitcom that was very very funny and felt like you you know it felt in lineage of something like full house or family ties or the cosby show or just this history felt a part of this history of sort of multicam live studio audience sitcoms but it was also able to weave through all these very complicated socio-political topics um and things that would normally be like very very thorny to put in a a network sitcom that would air on like a thursday night and to find the ability to to have that show kind of not be preachy and not feel like it not not feel sort of like a round table where people are like sitting around sort of discussing like what do you think about policing in america or some or something right. like that and but find a way to have those discussions and have sort of opposing viewpoints across like a variety of different complicated issues within sort of the vessel of like a very entertaining very often very very funny um network sitcom i thought was just continuously brilliant and i this movie doesn't quite i think i just keep coming back to i don't think this movie is able to quite kind of navigate that in the same way i mean he he did not write it but i i Mm -hmm. i was maybe sort of wondering if his presence as a director which i think he's he seems like a very technically skilled filmmaker for this being his first film but i think it's having to navigate such a a precise narrow pathway in terms of right and and, and needing to sort of laugh at kind of this absurdity of this situation i mean like the movie begins with their like suicide pact and then one of the friends just just decides like wait no hold on and like (laughs) carmichael's character like almost misses like blowing the other guy's head off and it's this like you know dark absurd moment um but the movie and there's a is, lot of those <laughs> right there's a lot of them in the movie but then the movie is also trying to take the pain of these two men very very mm-hmm. seriously yeah and needs you as an audience member to to understand and feel the weight of that pain yeah and i don't know if it ever quite manages to balance either one right. i never because found i it. think you feel that weight and so then it's almost like 
when it moves to the absurd dark humor, it doesn't quite, I don't know, it doesn't quite match up. It's almost mm. like there's two, like a split in this movie. And I do think, I mean, I love you know dark comedy and I think, you know, <laughs> life's hard if you can't laugh at things and, you know, what's the point? But, um, and some of the jokes are, you know, well-written and obviously they're both very funny um, and they're very capable of, of doing it. And there's some, some scenes that really did make me laugh quite a bit, but um, at the same time, you know, there's so many moments that are hard to watch. And I imagine that for many people that, you know, do suffer, you know, from depression and stuff, that it would be a hard, it's probably going to be kind of a hard movie to watch at times. So that's, it's, it's hard to balance that, but I understand because I did cover that Sundance and I didn't get a chance to see this and it was one I wanted to. Mm. I remember it made, um, it, a lot of people were talking about it when it came out. So I'm surprised it's honestly been so long, like it took yeah. so long to get out. I remember it was a very, it was one of the more um, talked about movies of that mm-hmm. festival. But I, I think even having the sense I got of just sort of like it had trouble getting picked up um, and eventually Annapurna picked it up. But mm-hmm. uh, Annapurna obviously being a company that's in a, a very different place right now as far as like how they're, I mean, they're, they're partnered with MGM um, and releasing things through United Artists. And I think this this was just a VOD release over the weekend. I mean, I don't even think they started like advertising this movie until about like a month ago. Um, and no, so, I actually didn't even know it was coming up until you you said it. Right? I was like, yeah, because oh. so I, I just, just like, sort snuck of, in. Right? Like I just sort of assumed it it had premiered at Sundance, and because of Carmichael's stature as this this very um very well regarded comedian and this being his first feature like it, it got a lot of buzz and it was a movie that a lot of people who were covering that festival were talking about and writing about and kind of um fiercely debating mm. w- as, as to whether or not it worked but also seemed to be a movie that was such a like thorny odd object that it 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 i i remember hearing that it was having trouble sort of like I thought it was just going to be one of those movies that sort of like premiered at a festival, but then maybe like never really got released or like mm-hmm. would just sort of wind up like in five or six years from now. Be like, Oh wait, wasn't this like a Sundance thing from a few years, years ago? Like I, it, it, I guess a long winded way of saying like, it seems like the kind of movie that has had trouble sort of finding a distributor. Yeah. And, and I even, totally get that. I, and even it seems sense. Annapurna a little bit has been a little unsure quite how to market it mm-hmm. to the larger public and i mean it, like i said it is a really you know bold movie and um i definitely applaud that and i do think a lot works in it but then there's just like you said you know there's just like it doesn't quite combine those two areas successfully but it definitely sticks with you um that me watching that and the innocence were both two movies that are not gonna leave me anytime soon for different reasons but um and it really makes me very confident in his, you know, directing ability, which is awesome. And, you know, also Christopher Abbott has just been like hitting up the festival. <laughs> like he's he's been in quite a few things the last few years um, at festivals. So I'm interested to see. And he's been doing good movies. So I'll be interested to see what his next project is as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, Christy, thank you again for for stopping by this week. Any any last any last things to plug maximum overdrive <laughs> maximum overdrive there you have it folks no no I'm hit, joking. Your, hit your amazon prime 
throw Jeff Bezos and Stephen King some money tonight and watch Maximum Overdrive. Oh, jeez, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> no, thanks for having me. That was fun. Oh, it's always great having you. Uh, coming up in the f- next few weeks on the latest, uh, I guess kind of a horror movie. We're going to be talking about Alex Garland's whatever it is movie men that that is coming out um i've not seen it i missed the press screening for it but um have just heard really wild stuff so i'm sure that actually makes me happy so (laughs) i haven't seen it yet if i if it's wild stuff then i'm i'm pretty pumped (laughs) and uh the 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 episode i am most looking forward to tom cruise episode coming in a couple weeks it's going to be a a tom cruise a thon i've seen top gun maverick I can confirm oh. now that the embargo is lifted that Top Gun Maverick is great. Hmm. It is what you want out of a summer movie. And um, just looking forward to uh, a long, passionate, lengthy discussion on... Do they play Highway to the Danger Zone? They do play Highway to yes. the Danger Zone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do they well, say they're they're in the need, uh, they, <laughs> the need for speed? They don't say I have the need, the need for speed. But I will, my one tease I'll give before that episode is, is I have for months been, been joking, but, but mostly seriously discussing with friends saying, you know what, you know what trend I miss? I miss that trend in like the late nineties when studios were just like, you know how we need to, to ride off our, our big summer action movies. We need to end every summer action movie with a big passionate love ballad to really send everyone out (laughs) in this, into the into the into the parking lot afterwards yes. uh, you know armageddon did it uh conair did it i feel like there's one other that i'm i'm not i'm not thinking of but let, let me tell you folks tom cruise and jerry bruckheimer heard the call and <laughs> top gun maverick a big earnest emotional action movie ends with a lady gaga love ballad at the end of it um that's amazing. and i i wanted to, to stand up and applaud that this is <laughs> that's awesome because some of the music is like just as iconic to me like the scenes like take my breath away and the original it's just uh it's just so of its time so that's great yes i'm excited to listen to it <laughs>